What does a girl know about swords anyway? Girl? Girl? If it wasn't for this girl, you would still be in the Horned King's dungeon. Once upon a time, I fell in love with magic. And once upon a time, I fell in love with movies. And one day, we fell in love with each other. From family movie nights to family vacations. We believe everyone needs a bit of magic in their life. So we decided to watch through the entire Disney animated canon. And mix in some other magical movies along the way, like Harry Potter, Pixar, and some other family favorites. Each episode, we'll talk about the movies in the order they came out and talk about what makes them so magical including how you can experience the movie's magic on your next vacation. And we'd love to have you along for the ride. I'm Krista. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the Magical Movie Marathon. Dear Lord, that may be the best line in the whole movie. I don't even know. <laughs> Y'all, today today is, is a special day. It is a special day because oh. we're talking about... The Black Cauldron from 1985. And if you listened to the last episode, um, we ended by saying this is one I had never seen. So. And hey, you got to meet a new Disney princess you nope, didn't know mm-mm, about. No. Nope, princess Ilani. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Do you see her? Is she an official Disney princess? No. And there's a reason for that. So no, no, and no. Don't. Do not insult the other princesses so, by saying that princess I, I can't even say I long we don't even <laughs> don't even speak it so this is sometimes known as the movie that Disney tried to bury uh, which we'll talk and about I, here I, again in I a second. I learned for good reason, <laughs> to be honest. Why that is. Why that is. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, this movie does have a bit of a cult following, uh, and we'll kind of get yeah. into that a little bit. But uh, so there are people who like this movie. Uh, they're just not sitting in this room right now discussing it. No. So. <laughs> so if you like this movie, bless and keep ya. But um, we're not those people. Yeah. So so let's get into the trivia for The Black Cauldron. And we'll kind of explain a little bit about how this um, how this came to be. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to be kind. I think this is the first episode you're not going to hear me like gushing about a Disney movie. Yeah, pretty much. So. Uh, speaking of first, this is the first Disney movie to open with the classic Disney castle. Yeah, that so, we grew up with the beginning, you know, in the 90s. Yeah, like, the, the blue background, the, blue background, the, white, the white castle. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty Castle, uh-huh. like the classic intro for mm-hmm. all of us millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very first movie to incorporate a castle into mm-hmm. the beginning period. So yep. that is noteworthy for is this noteworthy. movie. I'm sad that it was for this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, this is sometimes known as, quote, the film Disney tried to bury. The movie was not even released on home video until 1998. So... More than a decade they, after it yeah. released in theaters, yeah. guys. I mean, 1985 was when VHS started to kind of be a big thing. Yeah. So they didn't really have a reason not to try to release it on a home video sooner other than 
a sense of shame around this yeah. movie yeah. and just kind of wanting to pretend it didn't happen. For sure. This was also the first animated feature to use a process called APT to improve the animation transfer. So we kind of talked a little bit about in The Fox and the Hound that Disney was returning to kind of the classic Mm -hmm. animation. And so one of the great breakthroughs of The Black Cauldron was really more on the, obviously not on the storytelling side, but on the technical Mm -hmm. side. Uh, This was also the first full-length Disney animated film to incorporate a noticeable amount of CGI in its animation, including for floating orbs or light, the cauldron effects that happen in the movie, and the realistic flames towards the end of the movie as well. So, again, this one's more of a technical achievement than anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this was the first Disney animated film to be rated PG. And they even had to edit it down uh, two additional times so that they could avoid a PG-13 rating, which... Times have changed. Time, well, PG-13 was still pretty new yeah. at the time. It had only come out the year before. But yeah, there were some... We'll get into it in the history section, but there were some things that they had to remove because otherwise it would be PG-13 and that was going to be problematic. Um, sure. Yeah. So anyway, there's there's your trivia for okay, this one. let's continue on. And now, a history lesson. Hooray! The Black Cauldron is based on the book series The Chronicles of Prydain by esteemed fantasy author Lloyd Alexander. So for people who really love fantasy books, Lloyd Alexander is a well-known name. I've actually never read any of his books, even though I like fantasy overall. You do like fantasy. I do. He's Mm -hmm. just one I've never gotten into, but he's very, very well known. Okay. Uh, So this movie was based on uh, the first two books in that series. They combined them together. Now, Walt Disney Pictures bought the screen rights back in 1971, but it was actually animators Ollie Johnson and Frank Thomas Mm -hmm. who convinced the studio to get the rights. Uh, So we've talked about Ollie and Frank Frank. before, and there's a great uh, there's a great documentary on Disney Plus about Mm -hmm. them because they were best friends. They literally lived next door to each other. I've watched it. It's really great. You need to watch it. I do need to watch it. It I've started it, but I haven't finished it. It's so good. Yeah. But anyway, so they really liked this book series and they were the ones to really kind of push, hey, like buy the rights to these. Okay. Okay. Uh, So they didn't actually get to work on the movie, as we know. Fox and the Hound was there. Uh, there's one song uh, that they got mm-hmm. to work on, but uh, but that's they still kind of had an impact here. And it's thought that Disney was trying to create a fan base among teenage fans mm-hmm. of fantasy novels with this movie. So to say the least, that they were making a bit of a gamble yeah, here. It didn't hit. Yeah, it didn't quite pay off as well. No get into um so the management of walt disney changed during the production of this movie so that's another element to kind of keep in mind here uh so the new chairman jeffrey katzenberg 
when he saw the movie in 1984, before it was released, he was appalled by how dark it was and Mm -hmm. some of the graphic nature. So Mm -hmm. he insisted on some edits to be made, which delayed the movie from Christmas 1984 to July 1985. And so apparently he really wasn't too far off base there because when they had some test audiences come in Mm -hmm. beforehand, they were so, so revolted by the undead sequences Mm -hmm. that mothers were grabbing their children who were screaming and crying and leaving the theater. So there was about 10 to 12 minutes of the movie that ended up being cut away, which might explain some of the reason we... There's just... There's a flow issue in a couple places. It could have probably been more, but uh, but yeah, apparently those scenes were really graphic inside yeah. of the Horn King's castle, and there yeah. was a lot more of the undead in the uh-huh. original version. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So in the end, the movie required five years of actual production time. Bless. It cost the studio $44 million, <laughs> but it only made $20. 21 million at the box office so not even half of its budget that's not good and that's not counting marketing costs like marketing would be even more on top of that this movie was a flop so definitely out yeah yeah um in fact to make up for the shortfall disney ended up re-releasing 101 dalmatians a few months later which earned 30 million Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that the animation studio wouldn't go bankrupt yeah so Bless. So thanks, Dalmatian thanks. puppies. Thanks, Hunter. <laughs> for, for saving the day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is considered part of Disney's first dark age. Mm-hmm. But as we've kind of alluded to, it did gain a cult following later on in the early 2000s after the home video release. Uh, and, and what's funny is that came out during what's called Disney's second dark age, yeah. those early 2000s. The experimental The experimental years. era that we'll talk <laughs> yes. about later on. So this was your first time seeing it. Oof. And you've kind of already given us some ideas of your first impressions Guys, of it. Let me let me be clear. <laughs> of the two of us, I am the glass half full yeah. person in the couple like yeah. I am the optimist I am always find the bright side be positive like there's Give always a, a way yeah. yeah um this was my first <laughs> and last viewing I never want to watch this movie again it was so bad it was <laughs> So bad. And like, I knew it wasn't going to be good, but I was hopeful like, well, maybe like maybe I'll be one of those like, what? This is like a hidden gem. Mm -mm, Yeah. mm -mm, Like maybe mm -mm. it's been underestimated or something like that. Like I'm a cult following of Newsies. Like I love Mm -hmm. that movie. Now it's not animated, but it is Disney. But like there's some like diehard Newsies fans and people don't get it. But like, if you know, you know. I don't get this with the black cauldron. Like it is just bad. Like yeah. there were so like literally five minutes in, <laughs> I was already confused. Like no lie, like five minutes in and I was willing to like give it a chance. And Jonathan kept going like with a smile on his face, set your expectations low because he knows how I am. Yeah. 
And so he's like, set your expectations low. And like with a grin, like can't wait to see your reaction. Cause I get, in addition to being an optimist, I'm a very passionate person. So if I love something, I really love it. Like Disney, okay? Like, I am a Disney adult because I really love it. You're a very open book. Yeah. Your facial expressions. Yeah. yeah. But when I, when I don't love something, <laughs> I really don't love it. Like, I really don't. Like, it is revolting to me. Yeah, there's not much of a middle ground with you. No. It's yeah. so bad. It's so bad. Literally, in the first five minutes, I was already confused. I, I had to ask Jonathan to pause the movie because I was like, right. wait. This doesn't make sense. So this is happening, but like, who's this person over here? And why is this thing? And like, Jonathan had to like, kind of go back and explain like, well, they kind of cut this part out. Like they don't really explain this, but here's what's actually happening. And then another five minutes, I'm like, wait, what? Like there's so many, it's so hard to follow. The storytelling is terrible. It is not like Disney storytelling at all. Yeah. There's nothing about this movie that really ever makes sense. No, it's so bad. It's Um, so, so bad. Yeah. Like, like it's never even really, you know, that whole scene when, Princess Ailanwi shows up in Terrence's jail cell well, from her what's cell. What's the what's the bobble? The, like what's the it, orb? It's a magical object How, that like, comes and goes. Comes and goes. <laughs> the pig comes and goes. Everything comes and goes. Who's the for weirdo forest creature that sounds like um Gollum? Gollum. Yeah. Like I just there's so many there's so many things. And like here's the thing is like those of us who grew up on Disney, we love Disney for a reason because mm-hmm. nobody tells stories like that. Like they have a way of telling a story where you feel like you're a part of it. You feel like you're in it. And that's why when we go to the parks, like we love it so much because we have an emotional connection to that story and they pull us into the story. Yeah. That is not remotely what happens here. Like, it's so not Disney to me. Like, I'm, like, so, like, taken aback by how un-Disney this movie is. Yeah, and you just hit on why it does have a cult following, is it's really because it is an un-Disney Disney movie. Well, y'all need to get out of here with that. I don't know why you say we. I don't like this movie either. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're acting like I'm one of the cult following. Um, I'm speaking to which, the cult following. Yeah, which to get into the personal history for me, this was only the second time I've seen it. When was the first time you saw it? Right after Disney Plus came out, there was a day, I can't remember where y'all were, but there was a day I was at Home Alone for some mm-hmm. reason for a good chunk of the day, mm-hmm. and I saw it pop up on you know, the recommendations, I was like, oh, you know, I remember when this came out on video, a big deal was made about Mm -hmm. it because Disney had never released it before, but I never watched it. And so it was just one of those, I'm just going to try this out and see like, okay, what is this actually about? Mm -hmm. And kind of like you, I just sat there the whole time, just really confused and not sure Mm -hmm. what was going on and kind of hoping it would get better at some point Mm -hmm. and pull itself together. And it never did. It never did. But I powered through just honestly to be able to say I'd seen it. So that was the first time I had ever seen it. So that was just a few years ago when Disney Plus first came out. It's so bad, you guys. Like, my thing is, I kept, like, the whole time I was watching this, which we're going to get to some parental heads up here in a minute but the whole time that i was watching this movie i just kept thinking if walt were alive this would have never ever 
ever made it to the screen ever he would have never signed off on this project like yeah or again not or like it, this no it would like have been it would have been different. very 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 different because you know if you read like we've mentioned in some of you know like pinocchio and snow white like some of these fairy tales most fairy tales when you read them they are actually very dark sure we don't obviously get that with Disney because it's aimed towards children and it's just different. They change the story. That's fine. They have the right to do that. If this project would have been kept, it would have been completely different. And I just was like, this is just like so anti like Walt's vision of Disney and storytelling and like everything it stands for that. Like it's just honestly repulsive to me. Like I just cannot (laughs) like, I can't. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it should probably be said too that I think fans of the books that it's based on mm-hmm. don't like the movie either, that they mm-hmm. don't see it as a good interpretation right. of, of those books that they love. And some things are just not meant for kids. Like some things are just too dark. Yeah. Like some things you just can't go there. Right. So if you are watching through the animated canon with us, we'll kind of get into the warnings right now um, to start off with. This is really probably not for the little ones it's really not there's for a number of different reasons but it it is darker there's a whole plot line dealing with resurrecting rotting undead Mm -hmm. well dead bodies but creating Mm -hmm. an army of the undead that Mm -hmm. part you know can obviously be unsettling sure (laughs) for for children the the villain is considered one of the scariest looking Here, ones. Here's the thing so. is I will actually say imagery wise, I don't think that this is any scarier than like some things you may see in like Hercules or sure. Like I, I really don't like the imagery to me is not what is super bothersome or scary. Like, yeah, the horned King is creepy, but like you hardly ever see his face like Chernabog is creepier in my opinion yeah like my issue (laughs) oh my word like we're watching this movie and you know we've mentioned in some of the previous movies like we mentioned this in the three caballeros we've mentioned this in a couple where like there's just you know some cultural things that are not great well this isn't even a cultural thing guys like this makes like Donald going off the rails in the three caballeros look, <laughs> look absolutely <innocent>. tame, like <laughs> absolutely tame, like 100% tame. Like it is nothing compared to this scene with the three witches in the black cauldron. Well, I was appalled. I was actually appalled. Yeah. Well, and even before that, when we're at the castle of the Horn King, there's the woman dancing on the table. Yeah. There's that part too. And there's yeah. some stuff there. There's some things so, in that scene too, yeah. which it's a quicker scene. So that could go over that. But like our, our oldest is almost 10. It does not go over his head anymore. Yeah. And so I was like, what is she doing? And oh my gosh. And they're jeering at and she's wearing a low cut dress is not okay like that so that scene I was like no but like the scene with the three witches it legit made me angry how (laughs) bad it was because (laughs) it's so bad so I will just say as a warning to parents like some of the lines in that scene I could this is where I was like Walt would have never allowed this like it's so not 
family friendly, <laughs> like right. in that regard. But, you know, one of the characters, I don't even remember his name, this old man who ends up on the journey with them. And Fluffutter. Fluffutter. Flem. Well, we're, we're going to call him Flem. We're going to call him Flem. <laughs> Flem, who ends up on the journey with them for no apparent reason. We don't know why, how. That's pretty much the black cauldron is why, how. I don't know. We're just going with it. Throw it in there and we'll make it work, apparently, is how this movie was made. So Flem at one point gets turned gets turned into a frog by the witches. And one witch definitely likes Flem. And he gets placed in a place that is not okay for him to be placed and it's zoomed in and awful. And she makes several inappropriate comments, like several, like I literally, yeah, I, I'm at a a loss for words. Like I was legit angry (laughs) that like that was even in the film. In the movie. Yeah. Well, and that's why it got the rating. Yeah. That it, that it did and why they were even on the verge of, again, a PG-13 right. rating. And, you know, if they had left in the other stuff they cut out, then mm-hmm. it would have, you know, it would have gotten yeah. up to PG-13. And at so. the end, the three witches appear again. And there's another line in there that I was like, what about Forceful Man? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, would, yeah, yeah. it's bad like it was bad it's so bad so just honestly parents skip this one like i don't even care i'm here to tell you skip it (laughs) yeah like you can watch it as a parent like i i honestly wouldn't even watch this with your kids to be honest yeah unless they really are like teenagers and you just y'all want a good laugh together great but like I will not be watching this again. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a reason for us ever to, because, you know, there's just not any really memorable characters. No. Even though I had seen this movie before just a few years ago, there were actually a lot of parts of it I could not remember because it just didn't stick with me. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. Like, the storytelling is so bad, nothing flows, nothing makes sense. Suddenly this character's here and then they're not. There's a bobble floating around, then it's not. Then we have a sword, then the pig is there, then the pig is not at, like... Even the, yeah. the the story of the cauldron itself in the Horn King doesn't even make sense. Like yeah. well, it, it just it, it's just it's and you, awful. You've got a main character who, like, honestly, you just don't. It's have not any like he's for. not like Karen is just kind he's of he's not likable. It's like, dude, you had one job to keep up you with had the pig. One job. one job. You were assistant to the pig keeper. Assistant to you, the pig keeper, and you <laughs> messed of, that up. And you couldn't even get that right. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's just hard to root for these characters because there's no emotional And we're root for the underdog kind of people. Yeah. But this one, sure. I was like, you just need to go. Old man, <laughs> you should have done it yourself. You shouldn't have ever left this job to this kid. Like, no. <laughs> assistant two is right. <laughs> But anyway, so we'll uh, we'll get a little bit more into the movie discussion here. But again, if you skip this movie, I don't think anyone's holding nope. it against you. And as we say down here in the South, bless its heart. <laughs> bless its black heart. Bless its black cauldron heart. <laughs> Lights. Camera. Action. action. Oh, you, you, you got to get a word in first. Don't stop. Don't start. Don't stop. Well, he knows that we are talking about the Black Cauldron today. 
Oh. <laughs> and this one, as we've already kind of hinted at, is a little bit more of a difficult one to mm-hmm. discuss. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to be positive <laughs> as <laughs> as hard. much as we can hard, be. Mike. So, Krista, let's start with you. What are some of your uh, favorites <laughs> in this movie? I don't really have any favorites. What character gave you the least amount of problems? Uh, <laughs> the old man pig keeper in the very beginning. And the very end. So, and the uh, very end. Yeah, whatever what, his, his name was. Baldrin or... Not Baldrin. <laughs> just Baldrin. Something like that. Anyway. Baldrin? Okay, so, so the old... Pig keeper. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He all gave right. me the least amount of worries. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's all right. That's that's fair. Yep. Um, any scenes or any other aspects of this movie that just kind of stood out to you as? I was confused from the beginning. <laughs> like literally five minutes in, I was like, wait, pause. <laughs> I don't understand. What's what's happening now? What's going on here? What is the deal? So. I liked the credits <laughs> when it was over. Okay. All right, Kai, how about you? Any uh, favorite characters in this the movie? The shepherd, like Mom. The shepherd. Oh, He's the, not the shepherd. The, the pig keeper. Not pig. Pig keeper. I mean, he did have other animals, yeah. so I guess he, he is kind of like so a yeah. farmer. But, okay. Any any scenes that you liked in here? No. No? No, thanks. You didn't have in in no, no redeeming qualities at all no. for you. Okay, all I right. like the credits, same as mom. All right, fair, fair enough. So for favorite characters, Henwin the pig, because it Henwin. It's no, it's Henwin. You're thinking of Pig Pen, like from this, Peanuts. This <laughs> message, this movie really left. It us. really sunk in for you, didn't it? And it scared you too. I'm you, sorry. I mean, Micah baby. wasn't really even around for this movie. He just immediately lost interest and walked off. Uh, but yeah, Henwen is the only uh, character in here who I'm like, okay, Henwen. Henwen's all right. Hen, Henwen's just a cool pig who can see visions. As far as scenes, I do like towards the end of the movie. Whenever kind of the big climactic event is happening and the Black Cauldron's kind of like pulling everything into it, there are some cool artistic things happening with the implementation of CGI. Like this movie was groundbreaking in how it combined hand-drawn animation with early CGI. So I will give the movie credit for that sequence being very interesting to look at and watch, but it is very difficult to find... A good scene in this movie, yeah. unfortunately. You're, you're the most positive of the four I of us. I am the, yes. yeah, which is saying that something. That is saying something. That's saying something. Because usually yes. you're, you're the one that I'm like, come on. Yeah. Don't so, be Marlin. I, again, trying to be positive. Um, we're not going to spend, you know, a, a whole lot of time on things you didn't like or surprise. Uh, Krista and I, of course, have covered some some things in the intro section. So, Kai, um, h- how about you? What what in this movie did you find difficult or surprising? 
of it. All of it? Yes, mm-hmm. one, two, and three. All of it. <laughs> so beginning, <laughs> middle, beginning, and end. Middle yes. End. Okay. What what was so difficult for you? Did you just feel like it the story uh, didn't make sense or you didn't like the character? Like what I, was the most challenging? I did not like the characters. Like you didn't you like the characters. That. Yeah, you just couldn't connect with yes. anyone. Okay, fair enough. So these characters are, are not your favorite. They're difficult to connect with. So they Who was your least favorite of the characters? Yeah. Like of all the characters, who bothered you the most? <laughs> Gurgi. 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 He yeah. is kind of like the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. Problematic. So. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks is funny, though. Okay, well, you think Jar Jar Binks is funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gurgi is a, yeah, he's he's something. That's that's all I'll it say. It is not scary. It is pretty, kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, something, this isn't really something I, I noticed or necessarily, like, surprised me, but... You know, people talk all the time about how the Horned King is one of the scariest Disney villains and that he, like, has terrified (laughs) children for years. But my issue is, like, if he's so, so, like, everyone is supposed to be so scared of him, but he moves so (laughs) painfully. So, like, anyone could run away from him. It's really not a challenge to get away from the guy if you want to. But he walks so, so slowly <laughs> that I just feel like if you wanted to make a villain really scary and wanted to make him, you know, a really threatening figure, like pick up the pace a like little bit. Like the headless bit, horseman. You know? Yeah, oh, the, the headless perfect. horseman. Like, I, I get why people are kind of scared yeah, of him. He's, like he's He doesn't even have a head. That's right. He's charging after you. So, like, I, I get that. No, that but cool. the Horned King, it's just always, you know, it, it's always bothered me that he... Is just he so is slow well, and does and really doesn't I'd, do much of I'd anything. He doesn't. He has everybody yeah. else do his I'd, bidding. Yeah, Go I'd ahead, say. Al, I'd say if there was a race between a sloth and him, a sloth would win. It, it's possible. <laughs> so I just I don't see why everyone is so. They don't explain why everyone is so terrified of him when he just comes across as lazy more than anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So that kind of, I feel like that's one of the things in this movie that doesn't really work and that I kind of noticed here. Now to transition into things you noticed, if there was anything, um, I have something, so maybe I should wait for last, but Krista, was there anything you noticed in here that stood out? Listen, it was my first and last viewing of this movie. Uh-huh. Um I was so distracted by the horrible storytelling in this film (laughs) that I could not get past anything else. I literally, like, 95% of the time, like, had my hands on my head, like, (laughs) what is actually happening? I didn't notice anything other than... Poor storytelling. Yeah, it's well, yeah, that's just kind and of. And it's just not here. like this is just not like this is not a Disney movie. Kai, how about you? Anything that you noticed in this movie? Any detail? Nope. No. Notice nothing. Okay, so what I noticed was that in the scene where they are visiting the Fair Folk, uh, <laughs> Kai, remember that was the king who you said looked like a flying Santa Claus. <laughs> I did notice in a sequence in there where all the fair folk are like flying up 
Tinkerbell is actually hidden she in there. Not. She is not. Yeah. <laughs> she is no, not. It's, yeah, like the Disney animators put her she, in. Yeah. She got trapped, she, poor girl. <laughs> she's in there. So anyway, I, I noticed that when we were watching the movie. Um, okay, so let's get into our questions here. So as I mentioned, we have a pig who can see visions. So that got me to thinking, what magical power would you give to a farm animal? And you know what? For fun, how about what farm animal as well? So, Kai. Oh, really? Kai, how about you? Uh, what what power would you give a farm animal? A longhorn super strength. A longhorn with super strength. Okay. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. All right. Krista, how about you? Farm animal with superpower or superpower. I can't uh, hear. Magical um, power. Well, I kind of had two answers. I couldn't decide. I'm going to go. I, first, I thought about a chicken <laughs> who lays magical eggs. I don't know what the eggs would do, but, but they're magical. But they're magical. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So I thought about that. The other one I thought was of a magical duck. Who maybe talks and doesn't wear pants. Mm, okay. Hey, Donald Duck. Yeah, that's who that, I was talking that's about. That's exactly who I mean. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I like both of those answers, mm -hmm. actually. Um, I am going with flying horse. Oh, yeah. Pegasus. Why not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the idea of a flying horse. Mm -hmm. All right. Question number two. So, Princess Ionwi <laughs> has a magical bobble. And then in the movie, Taryn finds a magical sword. So, the question is, what magical object would you want to take along with you on a quest? Go ahead, Go ahead. Kai. A magical chainsaw. A magical <laughs> chainsaw? <laughs> what magic ability would it have? Like, what, what makes it different than a regular chainsaw? It can make you fly around places, like, you just pull, like you just pull lever, you're flying. So you can so you can fly with the chainsaw like Thor's hammer. Yeah, but like like whenever you want to fly super fast, you can charge forward, and then like you can just hit everyone with the chainsaw. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, this is such a nine, almost ten year old boy. It, yeah, it is. Answer, and you've thought about it. I can tell you, like you have plans, like yeah. you have visions in your head about this. <laughs> so there you go. All right, Krista, magical object. I struggle with this one. Mm -hmm. I would do magical sunglasses. <laughs> okay. Because so I. So you don't lose them? N no. Hey, first of all, you have zero room because when's the last time I had to replace a pair of sunglasses? It's, it's, been, it's been a minute. Since three. Yeah. yeah. Because. I always have sunglasses with me all right, at all times. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So um, they would give me special powers to see. Okay. Like at nighttime, like night vision? No, goggles? it's like I could like see people's thoughts or like see the future. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, that's, you know. That's very original. Yeah. And then Ooh. when I wasn't using, when I'm not using them, they just go on my head like a headband like uh, I always do. Yeah, so. just they're a fashion But whenever I need to time. see things. Okay. They go on my face. Okay. Um, I am going with a magical bow and arrow that never miss. I feel like that never would Never misses. Come... Yeah, that never miss. I can say either, right? I guess so. Like, I'm not a grammar expert, but uh, miss, misses, whatever. Yeah, magical bow and arrow. That's that's my answer. I feel like that would come so in like handy. So, like, Hawkeye. 
I mean, Hawkeye's bow and arrow isn't magical. He's just really good. So. And what would your magical object be, MJ? Yeah. What would your magical object be? Food. Uh, apparently a silent button because he's moving his mouth, but, <laughs> but no, no, no sounds coming out. I think he would want to take along a magical iPad to watch Toy Story and Moana whenever he wants to. Probably. Yeah. So. But yeah. So anyway, uh, there, there are our magical objects that we would take along. And you know what? If uh, if for some reason you and your family decide to watch this movie, you know, be thinking about what. What magical object you would take along to make this movie better? Mm -hmm. <laughs> See you. Let's go to the parks. Okay, so we're in a stretch of Disney movies right now where there are not any clear park connections. This one for a very good reason you because will never see it in the parks. Yeah, because it's the Lord. Uh, but kind of like we've done with some other episodes, sometimes we hone in on a theme that we then talk about. So, Lady and the Tramp, for example, we focused on we, Disney dates, right? Uh, so we're kind of doing that with the Black Cauldron today, where we're going to talk about what not to do Correct. at Disney because Correct. this whole movie is a lesson in what Don't not do to it. do in a Disney movie. Don't do it. So. so we're going to say what not to do at the Disney parks or really any Disney destination. So um, I have a list of 10 and I'm just going to go down them and just give a little something for each. Um, I'm just going to be obvious with this first one. One big thing not to do is not use a travel agent. Like, our services are free, guys. Free. Absolutely free. So completely complimentary to you, Disney destinations and many destinations, most destinations actually factor in the cost of using a travel agent into their pricing. So I think a common misconception that I have to fight against a lot is that there's got to be fees that I'm hiding somewhere that make right. it more expensive. And I am not like literally when I'm quoting clients for trips, what I am giving them, they could go to the Disney website and pull the exact same things themselves and can see down to the dollar that it is the exact same. Okay. So the fact of the matter is you're paying for a service through Disney, whether you use it or not. So you might as well use it. Now I will say there are some travel agents out there who do um, charge extra fees for some things that they do. I am not one of them. Um, Share the Magic Travel is not. We do not do that. We are completely complimentary service. And so if it's not me, my suggestion to you is find a travel agent that you gel with that you want to work with. Not everybody does things the same. So I totally get that. But it is totally silly honestly not to use a travel agent because i'm telling you you're gonna go into all these disney facebook groups or reddit or <laughs> a million other places and get some really terrible advice um so don't do that i have to you know kind of counteract that a lot of like that's actually not a true statement or that is fake news or whatever like or old news or old or, news mm -hmm. like we i am required 
to keep up with the Disney College of Knowledge. It is something like I cannot operate as a business unless I have gone through that and they update those courses regularly and I have to go through them. So I have to stay up to date on everything that's going on in the parks and across Disney destinations and a Facebook group isn't where you're going to find your good information. Okay. And you're supporting a small business. Like this is our small family business. And like, if you are not using a travel agent, then whatever I would be paid in commission from Disney, they're just keeping. And so wouldn't you want to support a small family business? You know, like you're, Yeah. And wouldn't you rather be asleep at 5 a.m. instead of booking dining? Amen. Wouldn't you rather (laughs) me be on the phone calling things in for you so that you do not have to be on there for literally hours? If you call, if you have an IT problem, if you need a change on your reservation, it is not easy to do without a travel agent. I'm going to I'm just going to tell you that like they don't make it easy for a reason. So just use a travel agent, guys, preferably me. So that's number one. Thing not to do. Number two thing not to do, and I've said this till I am blue in the face and I will continue to say it. Do not, do not stay off property. You guys, I promise you, I know that you're trying to stay off property to save some money. And I am here to tell you, you are not saving any money staying off property. You are not. If you're driving by the time you pay for parking at your hotel, by the time you pay to park at the parks, you are guaranteed not saving any money and you're wasting so much time. Yes, there are quote unquote good neighbor hotels that have shuttles. However, those shuttles do not run regularly like Disney shuttles. And I'll also tell you because I see the prices, they're adding in fees for those shuttles. It's, it's added into the cost at those hotels. They've got resort fees there for a reason. And those shuttles, if you miss one, you're sunk for the next hour. Like they don't come regularly. You waste time. You waste money. You waste so many perks that you could have if you stayed on property. And I am telling you, there's so many amazing Disney resorts that will fit all budget needs. Okay. So it's literally like the... One of the biggest mistakes, aside from not using a travel agent, is staying off property, truly. You have a completely different experience when you stay on Disney property. Yeah, I've done the math before, Mm -hmm. uh, just because I've I've told people this and was like, well, I need to make sure that I'm actually telling people the truth. And and yeah, it was the truth. Like, you're really not saving anything, especially once you factor in all the lost time. And I know... Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are like, well, but I have so many hotel points points. or I have free Mm -hmm. nights. It's like, and and that's great. That's wonderful. You have those things. I would recommend saving them for a different trip where it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many other places you can go where you could put those points points. to really great Mm -hmm. use. Yeah, But yeah, doing that for Disney is not, that's not one of them. Third thing not to do is go for a really short amount of time. You guys, and this is going to lead into number four, but I hear this a lot. And now listen, hear me when I say, if you're in the area, I'm always going to tell you that time spent at Disney, a day at Disney is better than no days at Disney. Okay. So I get it. If it's like, you're in the area, you're not there for Disney, but you're in the area. So you at least want to go for a couple of days. That is different. Okay. I get that. However, if you think, oh, I just want to like 
go to Disney for a couple of days to take my kids and say we've done it. And you're going to try to do Disney in less than three days, you're lying to yourself. Like, you will not get the Disney experience. Like, Disney is huge. Disney World in particular. Now, Disneyland, you can do some shorter trips because there's only two parks and everything is close. I would still give yourself at minimum three days there. But Disney World is huge, you guys. It is giant. It is spread out. There is no way you will get a good, solid Disney experience in three days. I've been going to the parks for since I was four years old. I'm 35. I've been going for 31 years. We can spend a whole week there and still not to get still not get to everything on our list. That's why we keep yeah. going back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we tried last year. Oh. We tried to do all four parks in we two did. days. We didn't try. We well, did and do we, all and we four did, parks in two days. And it was but miserable. It was miserable. And it was frustrating because of how many times we had to say no to things. Because it was so rushed. Like, I felt like everything was so rushed that we weren't able to be present and enjoy the things that we were actually doing because we were constantly like, okay, we got to go. We got to move. We got to do this. We got to da 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 And it was just like, that's not fun to drag your kids right. around the parks just to say you've done it. Like, that's not a fun trip. So, so if you're going to go, like, actually go go like I get school breaks and all that but like give yourself a good amount of time yeah and I also think too because I hear too of like well I just don't want it to be stressful well I'll tell you what's stressful yeah. is going for a shorter amount of time <laughs> rather than a longer amount of time like though. you're actually causing more stress on yourself by not giving yourself enough time truly so that leads into my number four not to do at Disney and that is trying to do every Everything in one trip. This is something I lay the expectation on early. I mean, during the quoting process with my clients of just the expectation that you're not going to get to everything that you want to in one trip. It is impossible. Going back to the fact that Disney World is huge. And even when we go to Disneyland, we don't do everything Every single time. It's impossible. It's impossible to do. It is impossible to do. Yeah. So where I think people stress themselves out is they try to fit everything in in one trip because they think, well, we're never going to get to do this again. Well, if you're thinking that way and you're coming with that expectation, then you are honestly setting yourself up and setting your kids up for failure by setting the bar so high that you're going to get everything done because there's just no way that you can do that. It is truly impossible. And so something I work with my clients on is what are your kids into right now? What are some things you want to do on this trip for this season? Okay. Um, because my encouragement is Come back, go at different times of year where there's different offerings. There's always things new changing in the parks all the time. I guarantee you, if you do Disney right and I make sure that my clients do it right, you're going to want to go back. It's why I have clients who come back to me and say, we're ready to plan our next trip because I set the bar with them beforehand. You're not going to get to everything. And that's why they come back going, that was the most least stressful trip. Well, it's because I gave the expectations beforehand. Let's prioritize better. I mean, you can't control rides are going to break down. Yep. Things are going to get closed Weather. at the time <laughs> that you're there. Weather's going to happen. Yep. It's like there's there's so many things out, out of your of control, your control mm -hmm. that it's not worth stressing 
Correct. over and then letting that be the reason you don't have a fun time. Absolutely. Yep. We made a post about this. Actually, I did on my Share the Magic Travel Krista Jordan Facebook page. We were there in June and our mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom day, it was raining on, mm-hmm. on and off all day. And, you know, we were standing in line for to get there for rope drop um, for early entry as resort guests get. And, you know, I made a post like of us standing in the rain smiling because guess what? We were still excited to be at Disney and where a lot of people I've seen them be like, oh, my gosh, it's raining. Like our trip is ruined. Like literally I see people like that online of just having that mentality. Instead, you can go in with a better attitude. So, yeah. That kind of leads me, I'm going to go out of order. That actually leads me to number, I'm going to say this is number five now. Do not (laughs) complain (laughs) about anything and everything. Yeah. Like, again, it's a mentality factor. I see this all the time. And can you speak to the dads about this for a second? Because I see this mostly with the dads. Yeah, it happens a lot with the dads, unfortunately. Like you, you know, dads going in and every single thing has to be a negative mm-hmm. like about how much things cost, cost in particular yeah and here's the deal i like i understand not wanting to spend a lot of money like mm-hmm. you know especially like between the two of us that's been my personal struggle Correct. is yeah looking at that big number but at the end of the day it's like you're at disney you kind of have to expect that mm-hmm. and not let that be what you fixate on because then you're missing out on the time you could be spending together with your kids Mm -hmm. and with your family and you know your kids are going to pick up on your negativity and they're going to absorb it and what do you really want them to remember like people talk about taking their families there for the memories Mm -hmm. like your kid 10 years ago what are they going to remember dad complained about Everything. everything Every single day, price like how early we price had to get this, up, yes. how, yeah, mm-hmm. the price of things, the how late they had to be out. And it's just like, you know what? You're not there all the time. Even when something happens that you don't expect, like a, a ride breaking down, mm-hmm. you got to get out of line, like be the example to your kid that, hey, that's OK. That means now we get to go do this. We're you know, you can experience something else. We'll come back later. Yeah, you can always spin it back to the positive. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, every time we go to Disney and, and I would say I maybe see it a little bit more at Disney World. I see it more at Disney World than Disney. <laughs> but yeah. like I always see people complaining, yeah. you know, and it's just it, it's disheartening to it see. Is. So don't yeah. be that person. Yeah, don't be that person. <laughs> and again, it's it's a mentality thing of. If you're going in begrudgingly because you you you're like this is a one and done trip like we're just going to do this for our kids and then mm-hmm. get out. But like is it going to be good memories? Yeah. Is it going to be fun? Like if you really do want to do a one and done trip, then make it, make good. it a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it a good one. Like you have a choice. Like Disney is magical. I say this all the time. Disney is magical at every age and at every stage. But you have a choice of whether or not you actually experience that magic. Yeah. You have a choice because it's there. But if you choose to complain about everything and you choose to find the negative in everything, it's raining. It's hot. This person behind me in line didn't wear enough deodorant today. Like if you're complaining about everything, it is not like you're not going to experience the magic. You're not going to think it's magical because you're you're not being part of the magic. Right. So number six, moving on. (laughs) Number six, 
thing not to do at Disney is not use Genie Plus. Listen, listen, going back to the complaining because I hear it all the time. I want to use Genie Plus. It's too complicated. I don't want to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I understand. Again, with the mentality, but also what I tell all of my clients who ask me this, I always get asked every single client before they travel asks me, is it really necessary that we use Genie Plus? Because I, I have an entire folder of training for Disney Plus. Or, oh, my goodness. <laughs> training for Genie Plus. Genie Plus, guys. Genie. It, it's there's Genie a lot Plus. of pluses in there's the world. There's a lot of pluses. Days, so. Genie Plus is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I tell them, yes, it's absolutely necessary. I am telling you, I understand you may not like the cost. I get that. I don't think any of us love to pay extra for things. I don't. <laughs> I'll tell you now, like I don't love paying for it, but right. it's worth it. But it is it worth it because <laughs> I'm telling you you truly have a different experience when you use Genie Plus and when you don't. And I see this all the time. The people who are complaining about wait times or yeah. even Genie Plus itself, one, it's because they either refuse to use it or they don't know how to use it. And so it is frustrating. Um, but you really do have a different experience when you use it because for us, like we're at a season in our life where we're willing to pay for like extra conveniences if it means less stress on our family. Right. And so this is one of those things. Like this is one of those things of like, do we love paying for it? No. Are we willing to pay for it? Yes, because it makes our trip less stressful. Well, we can do so much more, too. This is what I'm paying yep. for is to fit more things in and to yep. get more of an experience, which is why you go there That's in the first go. place. And again, back <laughs> to being, the, I think the number one thing I hear from my clients is, especially first timers, they hear from other people how stressful Disney is. And I always ask them, did they use a travel agent? Number one. And number two, like what are some things that they did that made it stressful? And so one of the things that I work with my clients on to make it not stressful are teaching them things like how to use Genie Plus. And I hear back from my clients so much that like me going over Genie Plus before they go is like the best cheat sheet they're given and it truly transformed their trip. And it went from I'm nervous about being stressed to we had the most magical time. So there you go. Use Genie Plus. Yeah. Like this is why it's mm -hmm. good to know a Disney <laughs> travel and agent. And a Disney travel agent that goes to the parks. Regularly. If you yeah. have a are working with a travel agent who they went to the park one time, no. That does not make you an expert. It does not you need to work with somebody who goes to the parks regularly yeah. anyways. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. All right, on. moving on. Number seven, what not to do at Disney. I'm going to get passionate about this one because, ooh, nothing makes me more mad at Disney than when I see people being rude to cast members. Don't you dare do it. Yeah. Do not do it. Do not do it. Okay. And for those who maybe aren't in on all the Disney lingo, right. a cast member is anyone who works Any person at Disney. who works there. So don't think just characters. No. 
cast member is, is everyone. Disney has storytelling at the heart of their company. Everyone there is a cast member. Right. So, yeah, it doesn't that matter if they're taking out the, the trash, pick, cooking your yes. food, making your beds standing, in your room, like stand, everyone. Scanning your <laughs> tickets on the way in. It doesn't matter. If they work at Disney, they are a cast member and you are not to be rude to them. Okay. They have very difficult jobs. They are dealing with a lot of people with a lot of opinions. People come, especially to Disney World, all over the world, Mm -hmm. literally all over the world. Okay. So there's a lot to navigate. You've got people who are tired, who don't know what they're doing and all the things. And of course, you know, everybody wants their kids to have great experiences and all of that. And so I have seen people be extremely rude to cast members when they're trying to do something like if a cast member is asking you to do something it is for a reason case in point this is one okay at night when you're there to watch the fireworks it's dark and number two when the fireworks start they dim the lights so that you can have this amazing experience I understand that you've been sitting there for an hour waiting for the fireworks to start and you're tired and it's at the end of the day and you just want to sit down But 30 minutes before those fireworks start, when those cast members are asking you to please stand up, listen to them. Don't be rude. Don't yell. Don't not listen and ignore them. They are asking you to stand up for your safety because they know, hey, it's getting close to time. The lights are going to go off. People aren't going to be able to see. We don't want children or anyone else to get stepped on, trip, hurt, trampled in any way. So it's things like that. Like you don't need to have an attitude with a cast member if they're asking you to do something. There's no running in the parks. There's that. They have that rule for a reason. They're asking you not to run in the parks. It's for your safety. So just don't be rude to the cast members. Like yeah. no one's trying to. They're ruin just trying your to do trip. their job. So no one's trying to ruin it. No. Like they they don't have a job if you're not right. there taking your trip. Right. So they have no reason to ruin it. <laughs> and a lot of these are young college students too who are getting experience in the work fields, you know and all doing the college program and all of that. And so you just be a good human. <laughs> okay. <Seriously>. Like, <laughs> yeah, be kind. It costs nothing. It costs you costs nothing, nothing to, be kind. to be kind. Okay. So just do not be rude to the cast members. They have very difficult jobs. Yeah. It is impossible to please everyone. And they do it with a smile on their face. Cast members are the people who, who truly are, are a big reason why Disney is so magical. They make magic in the parks every day for people. So don't be rude to them. Okay. Yeah. Be a good human. All right. Number eight. Speaking of being a good human, please, please do not have bad cue etiquette. Okay. Yeah. This is something that we see often, especially in, in busier times of year. And I think it's getting worse because of technology of just like you can call you can text you know all that Mm -hmm. kind of thing but one thing that is really annoying that you should never do okay is have one person go get in the queue for a line while your group of 10 are off doing something else and then you're halfway through the queue and suddenly your group of 10 is done doing what they're wanting to do and so they skip a gazillion people to come and find you. And you're holding up the queue on the phone going, well, if you keep going through the queue and you pass this thing over here, I'm passing this and that like, 
Y'all do not do that. Okay. The wait times are there to give an estimated wait time. And every time you do something like that, you mess up the wait times for everybody, for everybody. And like, don't get me wrong. Listen, if you have a little one and you're halfway through the queue and you have a bathroom emergency, that is one thing. Okay. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. (laughs) We're talking about large large groups of people people. Mm -hmm. who will purposefully be like, well, I don't want to stand in line for 60 minutes. So we're going to go do these other things. You go stand in line for 60 minutes and call us when you're getting close to the front of the queue. I have even seen people get like, they're ready to take how many people are in your party. And they're like, oh, my party's not here. Well, then they don't get to ride. Like, y'all, don't do things like that. Like, it ruins the experience for everyone. Nobody likes waiting in lines, okay? But it happens. Like, you're going to wait in a line. You're going to wait in a line. Like, even if you use Genie Plus, you're going to wait in a line at some point because not everything has a lightning lane, okay? So don't have bad etiquette like that. Like, again, things happen. I get it. Or if you're, like, running to a reservation, I get it. But don't do things like that where you're only thinking about yourself and you're willing to ruin a lot of other people's experiences because you just don't want to wait in line. Yeah. Like, follow don't the do, golden rule. Yeah, don't do things like, like that. Yeah. Would and you then, want someone to do that to and you? And then no. <laughs> don't yell at the cast member when they tell you you have to go back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because um, that's where I've seen that happen, too, of like, no, you don't just get to, like, jump up in the line. And and I've I've also seen cast members, especially when the queue is really long, be like, where is the person in the queue? Way up there? No, you may wait at the end of the line because they know, like, that's not fair. Like, yeah. there's a system in place for a reason. And so if they let people do that all the time, what would be the point of a queue? Yeah, it just becomes chaos. It just becomes chaos. Yep. So don't do that. And then don't be rude to a cast member when they tell you you're breaking the rules and you can't do that. So right. have good queue etiquette. Also, before you get into the queue, try to take that bathroom break before you get into a long queue. Also, if you haven't reapplied deodorant that day, you're going to be standing near people. Maybe go reapply deodorant before you get into the queue. (laughs) Okay, like, Florida and California are hot, especially Florida. So just, you know. Have a plan. Have a plan in place. Which leads us into. Which leads us into number nine. (laughs) Thing not to do at Disney is wing it. That means you coming in with no plans. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. You're not going to have a magical time if you're just winging it, okay? I'm not saying, now hear me, there's a balance, okay? Because some people, like myself, are type A, and I have to work sometimes with my type A clients who want like an hour-by-hour itinerary. Now, you can't do that at Disney, okay? You've got to leave room for flexibility. You cannot plan every hour, and if you try to, that expectation is going to go down the drain within the first hour, I'm telling you immediately. Okay. I am telling you immediately something will not go your way. And this well-laid plan that you had, that's like down to the minute is going to go awry within the first five minutes that you get there. So I'm not saying schedule all the things, but also don't come into it being like, well, what do you guys want to do at Magic Kingdom today? I don't know. What do you want to do? Right. Don't be like the vultures. Okay. <laughs> don't don't be like that because you're going to get frustrated and you're going to waste time if you're standing there at the gates of Magic Kingdom like, well, where do y'all want to go first? Oh, you want to do Space Mountain, but you want to do Jungle Cruise. Those are on opposite ends of the park. Yeah. Okay, what are we going to do? Like, don't wing it. Yeah. And it's nice, you know, when you do have a plan, again, leaving in the flexibility, understanding 
things could break down or bad weather or a meal takes longer a meal than you takes thought, than you, you know, thought. Yeah. like as long as you leave that flexibility in, what's nice about it is you can surprise yourself with how much you get done. And then at the end of the day, like we've had a lot of days where we've been like, we've done man, that. we yeah. did everything we set out to do today. So bonus, like what, right. are, what do you want to go do now? And, and it's nice having that freedom later on mm-hmm. in the day yes. when, when you are a little bit more tired right. because then you're not rushing because you know that you did the most important things that day. And I will say too, like, I think a lot of people think, well, Disney's too complicated now. I want to be able to be like the old days where you just showed up and you could do whatever you want to do. I don't remember a day where Disney was ever, you just show up and do whatever you wanted to. Like, Again, going as a little girl, like we always had to have some sort of a plan. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that there's, as Jonathan said, there's room for spontaneity. Like you don't have to be so overscheduled or overplanned that there is no room to be like, you want to stop and get a Mickey bar? Awesome. Let's stop and get a Mickey bar. Stop and meet a character. Look, Mm -hmm. Peter Pan is out. Like, let's go see him. You know, because especially at Disneyland, you got to leave room for spontaneity because characters roam all the time. And so you've got to leave room to be like, there's Merida. Like, we have to go see her, you know. But if you come in with no plan at all, you're all going to be frustrated at each other. And that's not magical either. So make it a balance. But definitely don't just wing it the whole time right and then last last but not least on your list number 10 do not have multiple dining reservations in a day oh yeah okay the reason that i put this in here because you might be like why that okay here's the thing and this is something that i work with all my clients on again going back to Number four, where you're trying to do everything in one trip. Y'all, there's so many restaurant choices at Disney, okay? Like, you are going to waste so much of your... Like, you will not see the parks if you have a breakfast, lunch, and dinner reservation. Right. You will not get any park time. Like, just don't... Like, my rule that I give with my clients is have one table service dining reservation per day table service simply means like sit down restaurant Mm -hmm. okay those are the only ones that require reservations okay so only have one of those per day and that way I do think it is necessary that you do them because it is a great time to like sit and have a really good meal in the AC rest your feet get filled up do a character dining experience, whatever it is. Like, it's important to do that, and they're wonderful experiences. But if you're trying to fit in, well, all these restaurants look great, so I'm going to do Ohana for breakfast, and I'm going to do Crystal Palace for lunch, and I'm going to do Be Our Guest for dinner, you won't ever see that park (laughs) because all of those take two hours to do. So there's six hours of your day, and you might get to do one ride that day or, or meet one character so like do two quick service and do one table service dining reservation per day and you know what that's also perfect for 2024 because dining plans are returning starting january 9th to disney world starting january 9th 2024 and the disney dining plan is actually perfect for that because that's exactly what it is it covers one quick service meal a snack and a table service meal per person per day that of your trip so 
that is how we have always done it and it works mm-hmm. perfectly. And yeah. we kind of mix it up. Like one day we'll do a breakfast reservation, another day we'll do a dinner, another day we'll do a lunch. Mm-hmm. Like we don't always do the same meals and you don't want to. Like if we did breakfast all the time, we would never get to do early entry as a resort guest, you know. Right. So we mix it up and that's what I work with. I do all the dining reservations for my clients and send them dining guides and work with them on a plan and all of those things. And it's just important like Yes, Disney food is a whole culture and it's my favorite. Like, I love me some Disney calories. They don't count there, okay? But if you spend your entire day in restaurants, you're not going to get anything done. True story. All right, so those are our top 10 things of what not to do do at at Disney so that when you go you have a really magical experience Mm -hmm. and not a black cauldron experience. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I'd give you a clue about our next episode, but it's elementary, my dear. That's right. We're watching The Great Mouse Detective. And if you want to solve the mystery of your next vacation, then reach out to me on my website or social media channels. See you once upon another time. Magical Movie Marathon is a production of Wardrobe Media in partnership with Spoonful of Jordan. It is produced, edited, and hosted by Krista and Jonathan Jordan. Krista is an authorized travel agent for Share the Magic Travel, LLC. You can contact her through the link in our show notes or by visiting spoonfulofjordan.com travel. Jonathan is married to her. Magical Movie Marathon podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or endorsed by the Walt Disney Corporation or its subsidiaries, nor NBC Universal or its subsidiaries, nor Warner Brothers or its subsidiaries. The views expressed are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the aforementioned corporations or their subsidiaries. Any mention of Disney, NBC Universal, or Warner Brothers properties, intellectual and otherwise, is strictly for informational and educational purposes only. 